Let me open us with a word of prayer and then we'll have our prayer time. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the fact that our Savior is alive. Lord, that on the day that we commemorate on our calendar as Easter, the tomb was empty. Lord, it was a miracle then, it's a miracle now, and we thank you that thousands of years later you opened our hearts to understand the significance of Jesus' death, but also the significance of his resurrection, which gives us hope. I thank you, Lord, for saving us, but also know on this day a lot of people who wouldn't otherwise go to church will be at church, Lord. We pray that they'll feel welcome here. We pray that they will feel the love and the fellowship of your people gathered together. And I pray, Lord, that if there are some who arrive today that need to hear the truth and the significance of the empty tomb, that you would open their eyes to see Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior today. Pray for John as he teaches with Lord. I pray that you give us ears to hear. And I pray for Pastor Steve in both the morning service and the evening service as he focuses on the significance of this day of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, that you will give him power and give us again ears to hear. Lord, we love you. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, it's good to see you all. This is a day of celebrating Easter because Christ arose. We will have eternal life as believers. That's our hope. And this is a a great day to celebrate together. Appreciate you all getting back here in a timely manner. And I hope the prayer time was a good time. We always need... Spend that time in prayer. In John 11, Jesus spoke to Martha saying, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? In search of a savior, Judith Gamble, residing in Lowell Correctional Institution in Ocala, wrote this. It's entitled, Brand New Start. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. You took my wretched, broken life and made it whole. My life was just an illusion. Nothing was real. I had an emptiness inside that I could never fill. I tried it all, alcohol, drugs, and sex. Only God knows what would have been next. But you, Lord, in your infinite grace, with mercy and wisdom, prompted my seeking your face. So with a contrite spirit and broken heart, I cried out to you for a brand new start. On bended knees, I confessed my sin, and with open arms, you took me in. Listening closely, I heard you say, your sins are forgiven, just abide and obey. And if in all your ways you'd acknowledge me, you can stand on my promise and always be free, and with me forever in eternity. Once Jesus saved Martha, or saved Judith, or a spark in Awana, or any of us, then what? What resources does Jesus Christ, our Savior, give us to live the Christian life on this earth? Do we do our best on our own, and then in emergency cases, cry out for help? Does our faith each day depend on whether we feel saved or not? Are we left on our own to do what we can and hope that we make it to heaven? Praise God. The Word of God has the answer. 
Join me this morning in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. And here we find the divine resources every believer needs to live the Christian life in the Tampa Bay area. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, we're going to look at the final three verses, 16 through 18. 2 Thessalonians 3, 16 through 18. And here's what it shares. Now may the Lord of peace himself continually grant you peace in every circumstance. The Lord be with you all. I, Paul, writing this greeting with my own hand, and this is a distinguishing mark in every letter, this is the way I write. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Webster defines resources this way. A resource applies to our action, activity, person, or method upon which one falls back when in need of support or assistance. I think we would all agree as believers, we need assistance. We need help to live for the Lord. And as Christians seeking to live each day for the Lord, we need God's supernatural resources to get through the day. We sing at times here in our worship service that song, All My Hope. And it says, All my hope is in Jesus. Thank God that yesterday's gone. All my sins are forgiven. I've been washed by the blood. I'm no stranger to the prison. I've worn shackles and chains. But I've been freed and forgiven. And I'm not going back. I'll never be the same. That's why I sing, All my hope is in Jesus. Thank God my yesterday's gone. All my sins are forgiven. I've been washed by the blood. And we celebrate that today, being Easter. Praise God. But before we get into these four divine resources every believer needs to live the Christian life, we need to review a little bit in the book of Second Thessalonians. Paul shares back in chapter 1, Instructions for Christians in Thessalonica and for us in the first 10 verses. But then we get to verse 11 and he says, To this end also we pray for you always that our God may count you worthy of your calling and fulfill every desire for goodness and the work of faith and power. We need God's resource to live the Christian life. The world around us isn't going to give us what we need as believers. And in order to, as we're shared in our prayer group, in order to share with those who are lost, we need God's strength. We need God's power. We need God's help to do so in sharing the gospel. In chapter 2, Paul records what's to come and the wickedness to come as Satan empowers the Antichrist and exhorts believers to stand first and hang on to the Word of God. And then we look at verse 16. He encourages again, Now may our Lord Jesus Christ Himself and God our Father who has loved us and given us eternal comfort and good hope by grace, comfort and strengthen your hearts in every good work and word. Again, we can't do it on our own. We can't live the Christian life in our own strength, no matter how hard we try. 
And I remember something, and Doug heard it too. One of the inmates, Eric, who's now serving time up the road, several times he would share, chaplain, he would say, I'm trying my best. And I said, Eric, you can't do it on your own. You can try your best all you want to live the Christian life, but you've got to have God's strength. You've got to have His power. You've got to have Him helping you to do what God calls us to do. And He does help us. And then in chapter 3, Paul centers on being faithful to our calling as believers in the first four verses, but reminds us in verse 5, And may the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God, and into the steadfastness of Christ. Again, we need to turn to Him for our strength, for our resources. And so we get to verses 16 through 18, and Paul wants to leave encouragement to those in Thessalonica who were trying to walk with the Lord, to live a Christian life honoring to God, and he wants to encourage them and us that we need God's resources, His divine resources to live the Christian life. And again, we'll reread beginning of verse 16. Now may the Lord of peace Himself continually grant you peace in every circumstances. The Lord be with you all. I, Paul, write this greeting with my own hand, and this is a distinguishing mark in every letter. This is the way I write. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. And here we have those four divine resources we all need. The first one is that we need the Lord's peace. Verse 16, the Lord of peace. Jesus is the source of peace for us as believers. It begins now May. Paul is moving from exhortations and to prayers. He's turning to the Lord for this divine resource. One commentator says, Prayer really is asking God for what it is His will to give, lining up with what God has promised to do. So what is the Lord's peace? John MacArthur shares it's the attitude of the heart and the mind that calmly, confidently believes and thus knows that all is well between the soul and God. It's a confidence that everything is right between myself and God, and He is lovingly in control of my life in time and eternity. It's grasping that God gives us peace no matter what's going on. And that's something the world can't give. Only God can. Verse 16 defines the Lord's peace in several ways. First, it's divine. Now may the Lord of peace himself grant you peace. Again, it's from Jesus Christ. It's that perfect peace. One thing as I was doing this study and looking at these verses, God is never stressed. Are we never stressed? (laughs) We ever have stress in our life? God is never stressed. He's never anxious, never doubts or fears. I'm always reminded of two of my favorite verses, be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. And then what? The peace of God, 
which passes all human understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Why is God a perfect peace? Because He's in charge of everything. He can operate everything according to His own will, exactly the way He wants it, all the time. None of us even come close to that. The Lord of the peace, Jesus Christ, he established Christian peace through his work on the cross. And that's what we celebrate on Friday, but he rose from the dead as we celebrate today. Jesus gives that peace as his gift to believers. John 14:27 says, "Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives, do I give it to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid." If we truly comprehend the sovereignty of God, that He's in charge of everything, He never makes a mistake, He's never late, He's never early, His timing is always perfect, then we can have God's peace that He gives to us. That's that resource we need, that calm. Even when we had a Hurricane Irma coming our way last September, God gives us that inner peace that He's taken care of us. If it's our time to be with Him, praise God. Paul struggled with that too. He said, it's better to be with the Lord, but I will stay here because God wants me to stay here. So every day, if we look at it that way, it's a gift from God. Psalm 85.8 says, I will hear what God the Lord will say, for He will speak peace to His people, to His godly ones. John 20, as Jesus met with the disciples in the upper room, he said in verse 19, Peace be unto you. Verse 21, Peace be unto you. And again in verse 26, Peace be unto you. Jesus wants to give us his peace. He wants us to wake up in the morning and say, whether the circumstances are the worst they can be, to say, I'm at peace with the Lord because I've been saved my eternal home isn't here on this earth no matter what comes i have eternity to be with the lord but he's given me the opportunity today to wake up and god says i want to use you we want to be the vessels so that god can use us to touch a life to plant a seed to share with others that jesus is real that he has rose from the dead because he's Somebody sees a glimpse of Jesus in us. That's what it's about. Time is short. So I woke up this morning. I saw on the news a big accident on I-4. A motorcyclist killed uh, overnight at another accident. But the life is short. And so the opportunities we have are all unique as believers whose lives we touch. There's never an accident. God has that all preordained. We all have God guiding our steps every day. And sometimes when I struggle with that, I read Psalm 139. God knows our thoughts before we even think it. And we think about that. That's amazing. And here he's saying, I want you to have my peace. We need that resource. Only true believers receive this peace from God. The world has a false sense of peace. I was sharing with someone I was working with. We were at a break time and I was sharing with him about God's peace. And he said, I'm pretty good. You know, 
When I look around, I'm, he didn't point fingers, but he said, I'm better than most, so I think I'll make it. And I said, no, we can't make it on our own. Only God can save us. God is the only one who can save us because he paid the price. He died for us, but he rose again the third day. And that's how we celebrate that today. He said, well, God will surely take me to heaven because I kind of, he didn't say this, but kind of intimated, I've made a lot of plus and minuses and I got more pluses. That is an, that's an illusion that Satan tries to get people to think. We can't make it on our own. Just like we can't live the Christian life on our own. We need God's resources to serve Him. False peace doesn't hold up when the trials come. True peace from God, when tested, is made stronger. The Lord Jesus Christ's peace is also defined that that it's always available. It says, may the Lord peace Himself continually give you peace. It's constantly available for us every day. And I think we need it most days, right? We don't say, well, Lord, I might need you next Tuesday, but then we'll take a couple weeks off. We need them every day, don't we? The person who can ride through the toughest issues of life in a calm is not being indifferent, but he's trusting God because he's got a peace no human can explain. We sing the song, this world is not my home, I'm just passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me from heaven's open door. And I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Our home for eternity is going to be with the Lord, not here. Trusting in God no matter what the circumstances. In Psalm 42 and 43, three times when that writer was struggling... Why am I full of despair? And he finally says three times, trust in God. Trust in God. Day by day. And one of these days, we'll be with Him forever. We have that to look forward to. We're ambassadors for Jesus at our jobs, with our neighbors, during the literal storms of life, in our relationships with family and friends. And when we're not trusting God... Our peace isn't there. But we turn back to God's Word. We turn back to God's Word in obedience. Turning from the sin of doubt and obeying God once again. 1 Peter 3.11 shares, Let him seek peace and pursue it. Colossians 3.15 tells us, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. One commentator shares, if you want to make peace in your life, make war with sin. That was good. God's peace, the Lord's peace, is not only divine and a gift and always available, but when it is interrupted, can be restored. But finally, it's not subject again to circumstances. It says, now may the Lord of peace himself continually grant you peace in what? In some circumstances? Every circumstance. John 14, 27 says again, my peace I give to you. And then he says, neither let your heart be troubled nor let it be afraid. If we're honest, we're afraid at times, aren't we? 
whether it's something literally going on, whether it's a spiritual battle, whether it's whether we should do this or that, and we know what God wants us to do. But no matter what comes, Christ wants us to have that internal quietness, that calmness in the midst of the roaring lion trying to devour us. God gives us His peace daily, minute by minute, and praise God second by second at times. So that first divine resource is that we need God's peace to live the Christian life. Second divine resource we need to live the Christian life is shared at the end of verse 16. The Lord be with you all. It's the divine resource of the Lord's strength. Jesus said in Matthew 28:20, "Lo, I am with you always." And he tells the disciples and his followers and us as Christians, he's going to send somebody, another helper, one just like himself. Jesus says in John 14 that he's going to go, but ask the Father, another helper, the Holy Spirit. When we get the Holy Spirit, we get Christ and God too. In Acts 1.8, we're told that when the Holy Spirit comes, we will receive power and strength. We need that promise of 1 Corinthians 10.13. No temptation is given us but such as is common to man and God is faithful who will never allow us to be tempted above that we are able but will always make a way of escape that we might be able to bear it. We need God's strength, the Lord's strength to face the devil and demons. We're commanded to be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Why? Because we wrestle against, not flesh and blood, but we wrestle against principalities, and the powers and the rulers of the darkness of this world. We need God's divine power. Second Timothy 2.1 says, But you be strong in the Lord and in the grace that is in Christ. Do we need God's grace every day? Well, if we got what we deserve, none of us would be around. But praise God for His grace, for His mercy. We need God's strength in order to be faithful. It's not easy to take a stand on what the Bible teaches knowing it could cost you your job. It's not easy to have the strength to be faithful when everyone else says God doesn't care. It takes God's strength even to worship. Because Satan wants to try everything he can to distract us. Think on something else. Dwell on this. Dwell on that. Don't dwell on God. It takes God's strength to persevere. You ever had those days that you just kind of wonder, boy, I I don't think this day is ever going to end. Am I the only one? You ever had one of those days in your lifetime? I think if we raised hands, honestly, we all have. But God will give us the strength to see us through. Because He knows everything going on in our life isn't by happen chance, it's God's plan. Sometimes we deviate, God's plan doesn't. We do. But He still loves us. We need the Lord's strength for trials. 
Second Corinthians 12 tells us Christ's strength is made perfect in our weakness. We need the Lord's strength to become more and more like Christ because the world's not going to say, go by God's standards. They're going to go their own way and try to lead us as well. Ephesians 3.16 tells us that you would be strengthened with power through His Spirit in the inner man so that ultimately you can be filled up with all the fullness of God. There's one inmate that wrote this, and he wrote this while I was still at Pinellas County Jail, but his name was Thomas Singler. He was in Pinellas County Jail, and he wrote this. Lord, I'm asking you to intervene in these struggles that we face. We're in need of reinforcements from your glorious throne of grace. Because the road ahead looks rocky and the sky above looks gray. And I know I cannot make it, Lord, unless you're there to lead the way. There are many times you stood by me and I'm sure you will again. But when I truly put my trust in you, you will help my heart to mend. So teach me, God, to trust you more, to believe and not to doubt. Please set my feet on solid ground when I'm confused and tossed about. Help me not to fret or fear, to find peace amidst life's storms. And remind me there is refuge, Lord, in your everlasting arms. Restore my courage when it fails, and my strength each day renew. Increase my faith when it grows weak, and give me a brighter view. And should I start to feel defeated, help me to look up instead of down. When impatience overtakes me, God, teach me to smile and not to frown. Now I know it seems I'm asking a lot, but I believe you'll see me through. Because what is impossible down here is not even hard for you. So I'd like to thank you in advance for you sending help my way. Make of me a yielded vessel, Lord. In Jesus' name, I humbly pray. We all need God's strength like that, don't we? Third divine resource Christians need to live the Christian life is shared in verse 17, God's truth. It says, I, Paul, write this greeting with my own hand. And this is a distinguishing mark in every letter. This is the way I write. Paul is so concerned that they know this is God's truth. That Paul is led by the Holy Spirit, recorded this, to encourage them that they can't do it on their own. They need God's resources to continue to live the Christian life. To grow each day. In their walk with the Lord. Why do you think that was so important? Because there was a lot of false teaching going on. And Paul wanted them to know. So he said to the scribe who normally wrote down what was being recorded for him. He says, I'm going to write this with my own hand. Because he wants them to know this is from God. This is God's truth. It's not one of those false Teachings that had been going around. And apparently, Paul's writing was very recognizable. Some say he wrote big, large letters. Whatever it was, this distinguished, this in verse 17, Paul is so concerned they know the truth. They know the truth of God's Word, just like we need it. 
We don't add or subtract to it. We have a complete Bible that we can open up. Most of us have many copies of God's Word. Some around the world are fortunate to have a chapter or two to study, but we have God's Word here that we can look to and study. Paul personally signs off in this letter to distinguish that they know Paul, as an apostle of Jesus Christ, was writing this as led by the Holy Spirit. And we need God's truth. With everything else going on in the world, we can depend on God's Word because it's inerrant, it's infallible, it's God's Word. The resource of God's truth in the midst of this world lies in what helps us live the Christian life to get up in the morning. One inmate in Virginia shared this about the truth of God's Word as God was working through him, teaching him as he was growing. His name is Sterling, and he's in Dywin, Virginia, at Buckingham Correctional Center. He's there now. He wrote this about the Bible. More than a book, more than a story, it's the Word of the Lord, full of glory. Wisdom within, knowledge throughout. Faith comes by hearing the Word, never doubt. Humble the heart, ready the mind. You never know what treasure you'll find. Read it, learn it, love it, live it. Freely receive it and then freely give it. Sharper than any two-edged sword. Take hold, Christian soldier, the Word of the Lord. Every time I share one of those... uh, These are men and women behind bars. They made a mistake. They were wrong. And they're being punished for it. And rightfully so. But yet when God has a hold of their heart. It don't matter where they are. Because God's there with them. They love God's word. As we should love God's word as well. Every day. Every opportunity we have to open the word. What a gift we have. What an honor we have. To look at God's word. Because it's God's truth. And in the world we're in now, I think that's more important than ever. Amen? Because there's a lot of false out there. The fourth and final divine resource believers need to live for Christ is revealed in verse 18. And we talked about it earlier a little bit. But that is that we need the Lord's grace. Verse 18 The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. What a way to end the book of 2 Thessalonians. What is grace? One commentator said, Grace is God's goodness given to those who don't deserve it. It is grace decreed by God given to us through Christ. As we celebrate Easter today, the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, He saved us from beginning to end. It's a day to celebrate today because all the false religions of the world, their leaders are dead, but ours is alive. Because Christ lives, we live. The Spirit of God brings saving grace. And once we are saved, there is an enabling grace. A grace to endure the persecutions of the world. Grace to pray for our enemies. That's not easy to do. Those who persecute us, to pray for them. And not pray that they burn in hell. (laughs) 
but to pray that God would save them because eternal souls are at stake. We need God's grace to enable us to become more and more like Jesus, to wake up in the morning and thank God for the opportunity to live this day for Him. There will never be another April 1, 2018 after today. It's Easter, but I know it's also April Fool's Day. And I started thinking about that, that being on the same day. But then I think about all the foolish teachings in the world around us, all those people that are being misled, that don't accept the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ today. They don't celebrate it because they're lost and they're headed to an eternity without God. 2 Peter 3.18 shares, But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Where do we find it? We find it here, in God's Word. We need to spend time in it. In addition, there is grace for service. Paul shares in 1 Timothy 1, verse 12, I thank Jesus our Lord who has strengthened me because He considered me faithful, putting me into the service, into the ministry, even though I was a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent aggressor, and it was the grace of our Lord that did it. Paul shares that. We all share that. None of us deserve to be saved, but praise God, He saved us. One commentator tells us, God's enabling grace to take them through their trials, to make them effective in ministry, to cause them to grow, to strengthen their love and their humility and their sacrifice and their generosity, that they would be overwhelmed with God's grace. Song we sing reminds us of God's grace. It's called It's Your Grace. We've sung that here. I have the words here. You save whom you will save. We're the lost and helpless ones, the rebels and the renegades who spurned your holy love. You will save whom you will save. Mercy will be magnified. Everyone has gone astray and followed after lies, but you have loved us. And opened our eyes. None of us sought God, but God drew us to Him. And that's all grace. So this morning we've uncovered from God's Word four divine resources we as believers need to live for Christ. We need the Lord's peace, we don't need the world's turmoil. We need the Lord's strength because He is the one who not only gives us the commands, what we need to be doing, but He gives us the resource to do it. We need the Lord's truth because we live in a world so many people are being misled. And then finally, we need the Lord's grace. It's by the Lord's grace that we were able to get up this morning. That we're able to say, Lord, thank you for another day to serve you. And whoever lives I touch, he already knows ahead of time who those people will be. May we plant a seed that they will say, I need Jesus. I need a Savior. I need to celebrate the resurrection on Easter morning. 
I need to live in this life as an ambassador for the King of Kings and someday look forward to to being with the Lord forever. God's resources never run out. One day the Lord doesn't say, I'm not going to help you today. I'm not going to give you my peace. I'm not going to strengthen you. I'm not going to show you any grace. I'm going to let you do it on your own. (laughs) He doesn't do that. He loves us too much. He has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. God cannot lie so we can believe that. And I pray today that as we come close of this study, that you would always know God is with you no matter what's going on, no matter the circumstance. And when we put ourselves in God's hands, God will never let us down. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for this time in your word. Thank you that you not only saved us, Lord, but you, with your divine resources, you help us to live the Christian life. May our lives honor and glorify you as we walk with you day by day. When we fail, Lord, help us to recognize it and turn back to you and confess that to you, Lord, that we can continue to live for you here on this earth. For some of us, this might be our last day, last week, last month. We don't know. The Lord, you do. And we trust you. You never make mistakes. Help us today to be reminded, Lord, that not only you saved us, but you give us the strength to live for you. We thank you and praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.